Well, today we wanted to continue our study of uh, the ascension of Messiah and what it means uh, to us. Uh, this past uh, Tuesday was the 40th day of counting the Omer, uh, and uh, that was the day of the ascension of Yeshua to the right hand of the Father. Uh, and I hope that you know you were aware of that. I mentioned it in one of the uh, pieces uh, that we sent out. Uh, so that's kind of neat to think about. And we'll be finishing up our uh, reading, hopefully from Genesis through 2 Kings, uh, and complete the counting of the Omer uh, this uh, coming week. All right, well, today we want to continue with our study of uh, the ascension of Yeshua to the right hand of God, to the right hand of the Father, and what that means uh, uh, for us. We've talked about a lot of things, our identity in the Messiah, that we are seated at the right hand of the Father with him, uh, uh, and uh, and the power that goes with that, the fact that we're never alone, uh, having the uh, character of humility, uh, remembering that he is indeed the king of the world in the visible and the invisible world, uh, and that he is right here with us. We are with him and he is with us. Well, today we wanted to talk about something a little bit uh, different uh, in that relationship, and that is the issue of Yeshua being seated at the right hand of the Father, always making intercession for us, praying for us, and what that means. Again, we want to start at Psalm 110, and we have, we've been reading the first verse, so now we're going to read a little bit farther down. We're going to read the first four verses. <clears throat> the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. In holy array, from the womb of the dawn, your youth are to you as the dew. Then we read in verse 4, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And so this is fascinating. The king is also a priest. The king is also a priest. Uh, it's interesting because, prophetically speaking, in the book of Zechariah, uh, in the sixth chapter, we read that the king will be a priest. The messianic king will, will make peace between the office of priest and king. We read here in uh, Zechariah, in uh, chapter 6, here, beginning uh, in verse uh, 11. Take silver and gold and make an ornate crown and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is after the Babylonian captivity, and Zerubbabel has come to be the governor, and uh, a priest by the name of Joshua has come to be the high priest. Okay? And so... Here we see, put an ornate crown and set it on the head of Joshua, the high priest. Then say to him, thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, a man whose name is Semach, branch, 
for he will branch out from where he is, and he will build a temple of the Lord. Yes, he will build the temple of the Lord, and he who will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne. There, thus, he will be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace will be between the two offices. So this is very interesting, that the king will be a priest, the messianic king. Uh, and that's what we see from Psalm 110, uh, that Messiah, the king, seated at the right hand of God, is also a priest. And we know that, generally speaking, uh, priests were not kings and kings were not priests. But something that is kind of interesting to think about is in 2 Samuel, uh, in chapter 6, 2 Samuel, in chapter 6, in verses 16 to 18, we read here, Thus it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised uh, him in uh, her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent where David had pitched it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Isn't that interesting? David, when they brought the ark uh, from Kiriath Yamim to Jerusalem, David did offerings. David functioned as a priest. Uh, and I, I think that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, that David functioned as a king and a priest, in a sense foreshadowing the work of uh, the greater David, the Messiah, uh, the, the son of David, the Messiah of Israel, who is the king and a priest. Okay. Now it says a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. What does that mean in Psalm 110? He's a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. It means several things. It means that uh, uh, the Messiah's priesthood, the priesthood of the king, is not the Aaronic priesthood. And we have learned already that the Messiah is from the tribe of Judah. He would really not uh, be able to be a priest, even though we do see it from David. But what we really learn about the uh, priesthood of Melchizedek is what we read in the book of Hebrews, and that is, is that the priesthood of Melchizedek is greater than the priesthood of Aaron. It is a different kind of priesthood. And if you go back, the only other place we read about Melchizedek in the Tanakh is in Genesis chapter 14. And here we see these words in verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, now he was a priest of God, the Most High. He's just called a priest of God. And I think that has something to do with it. He's not a priest uh, based on his birth order or who his father is. He's just a priest of God. And then it says, he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And he uh, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Then it says, 
he, Abraham, gave him a tenth of all. And so the fact that Abraham gives a tithe to this priest, who is the king of Salem, the king of peace, the king of Jerusalem, and that Melchizedek blesses Abraham, the great Abraham, that his priesthood is greater than that of Aaron. Uh, and, and so uh, it is a different kind of priesthood that comes directly from God. In the book of Hebrews, in the seventh chapter, I'm just going to read uh, a few verses here uh, in Hebrews chapter 7. We read in the first few verses, if I can get there. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham apportioned a tenth of his spoils, was first of all by the translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, which is the king of peace, king of righteousness, king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a priest perpetually. Uh, and uh, so, therefore, we see that Melchizedek is this unique figure uh, where we don't read about a genealogy. Uh, he, is, he is a priest. Uh, forever, we might say. And there's a lot of mystery about Melchizedek, but for us, the point is, is that his priesthood is greater than Aaron's. And so this is the priesthood of the Messiah. The priesthood of Messiah is the priesthood of Melchizedek. Uh, so what does this mean for us? Well, just as Melchizedek prayed uh, over Abram, so Messiah, Yeshua, praise over us. He is making intercession for us forever. Back in that passage in Hebrews uh, chapter 7, uh, you know, it's interesting, beginning in verse 4, it says, Now observe how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of his choicest spoils. And those indeed of the sons of Levi who received the priest's office have commandment in the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brethren, although these are descended from Abraham. But the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. But without any dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater. And so this is clearly explaining that Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Melchizedek is greater then Aaron, Melchizedek, is greater than Moses, uh, and that's his point. Okay, So not only is the kingship of Messiah greater, the priesthood of Messiah is greater. Uh, and we see uh, here in verse 25, well, verse 23, 24, and 25 of Hebrews 7. The former priests, on the one hand, existed in greater numbers, because they were prevented by death from continuing. But Yeshua, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to save forever 
those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He lives to make intercession for us, always making intercession for us, always praying for us. In the book of Romans, uh, we read this also in Romans uh, uh, chapter 8, uh, in verse 34. In Romans 8, 34, uh, we read, Who is the one who condemns? Messiah Yeshua is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. So what does this mean, that he intercedes for us? He, he prays for us. Yeshua the Messiah is always praying for you. He is always appealing to the Father on your behalf. The reason that we can enter into the throne room of God, the reason that we read in another place in Hebrews that we enter through a new and living way, because Yeshua is our credential. You know, uh, it's as if Yeshua is saying, oh, that Howard, he's with me. You know, uh, he's, he's with me. Uh, I'm, I'm with him. That's the reason I'm here. And so Yeshua always is making intercession for us. In whatever situation we may be, uh, he is praying for you. Isn't that something? He is really the king. Uh, he is really sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he is really praying for you. How powerful is that to know that the Messiah prays for you? We also read in First uh, John, in chapter 2, in verse 1, my little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Messiah Yeshua, the righteous. And he himself is the satisfaction, the propitiation for our sins. And not only for our sins, but for the, those of the whole world. So he is our advocate. So in, in that sense, uh, when we embrace Yeshua, uh, he is always making a defense for us before the Father. Remember uh, that Yeshua loves us so much uh, that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. We have an advocate before the Father, uh, and Yeshua prays for you. That is a reality, and uh, and that's something we really need to meditate on, that, wow, you know, sometimes we ask for prayer. The Messiah himself prays for you. But there's something else uh, that's going on. And we've been talking about it. And that is that we are identified in the Messiah, right? That we are seated with him in heavenly places. Now, this is really uh, quite interesting. Not only is he making intercession for us, not only does he pray for us, but we are actually praying with him. We are praying with him. What do I mean by that? I Well, we read, for example, in Romans uh, chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, we read these words about prayer. In Romans 8, 26, 
In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray. It doesn't say if we don't, if we don't know how to pray. It says we do not know how to pray, as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That is a fascinating passage. That when we pray, the Spirit of God intercedes for us, comes on our behalf, so that we can pray uh, with groanings too deep for words, the heart of God. That's what that's talking about. It's talking about praying the heart of God with the passion uh, and compassion of God. I want to read a little bit from a book called After You Believe by N.T. Wright. And he talks about this uh, passage. He talks about it as the priestly vocation, that we are priests. We read that in 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, right? Uh, and he talks about it as this priestly vocation, our priestly job, standing before God with his whole creation on our hearts. We join up with the vision of the royal sovereignty over creation. Uh, and this is, uh, and then he says, uh, he says this. The, uh, this is what this passage means in uh, Romans chapter 8. About the, uh, we don't know how to pray, and the Spirit of God intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The inarticulate groaning in which the pain of the world is felt most keenly at the point where it is also being brought by the Spirit into the very presence of God, the Creator. This is central in the present time to the entire human vocation. Learning this language is the second key habit which forms the pathway to the eventual goal, the goal of royal priesthood. What he's talking about here uh, is the pathos of God, similar to what we read about when uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel talks about the prophets identifying with the heart of God, identifying that you know with God in their sadness over the state of affairs of people. So he's saying that in our priestly vocation, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf and, and prays, helps us to pray what is right. What is it that the Lord wants us to be praying about? Have we ever thought about prayer that way? That it is a ministry where we are joined with Messiah and he wants us to pray a certain way. In other words, prayer is not only about praying for myself and my needs and, and hoping that God hears me. No, uh, when we pray, it is a priestly ministry that we have. And so we need to be praying for others. We need to be interceding for others, interceding for the world. We might want to, before we pray, say, Lord, how should I pray? How would you like me to pray? And then we know that we're praying with him. And when we pray with him, we can feel that sense of urgency. And not only that, but we know that he's praying too. And it's not all on us. 
you know? Uh, and so if there is a, a, an issue uh, in your life that's really pressing, that's really difficult, pray. Pray knowing that you are linked to Messiah Yeshua in that prayer. And know that he's praying with you. You are praying with him. And, you know, we see in the Bible uh, several really interesting examples and illustrations of this type of prayer. And I'll just read one of them. It's in the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9, in the beginning of the chapter, Daniel was a righteous and godly man. But this is how he prayed on behalf of Israel, on behalf of the people. We read here. He's, he's describing his prayer. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and your ordinances. That's interesting. He's saying we have sinned. He himself has not sinned, but he's saying we have sinned. This is what it means to give a priestly prayer. He prays on our behalf for us. You know? Uh, and uh, uh, and we pray on behalf of others for them. You see? So he prays for us, representing us. Uh, he was made like one of us. He has taken on humanity like us. And so uh, he prays for us, with us, representing us. We pray for others on behalf of others, identifying with them. Yeshua identifies with us. When we come before God with our prayers, we come before him on behalf of other people uh, and linked uh, to Yeshua in it. And I think that is a, a, a wonderful thing because when we pray that way, one, we're identifying with people. It gives us a real love for people when we're identifying uh, with them. And we confess their sins before God. It's quite a powerful thing to do. That's what it means to make intercession. That's what priests do. Represent people before God and represent God before people. They are the interceders. And so we minister to people on behalf of God uh, and we minister to God on behalf of people. Uh, and uh, how important uh, is that for us to re to uh, to remember? It's a real way of demonstrating uh, love uh, for, for people. And it helps us to identify uh, with uh, uh, people. Uh, and, and so uh, our prayer life really should be enhanced uh, in this way, knowing this is a ministry, indeed, that we have. Then also, may I suggest, the power of being seated at the right hand of the Father coupled with our prayer, uh, helps us to pray against uh, uh, the enemy, to help us to pray as in spiritual warfare. Uh, yes, uh, there is a war that's being fought, and our enemy is not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. 
Uh, and we can pray very effectively when we know that we are seated with him in heavenly places in that place of power uh, and indeed praying uh, against uh, the enemy, right? Uh, and uh, and so we read about that in, uh, in Ephesians uh, in the sixth uh, chapter uh, and, uh, and elsewhere in Ephesians chapter six. We read these words. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the spiritual armor of God that so you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And then he says, you know, take up the full armor of God. Now, after he talks about the full armor of God, he says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, which I am an ambassador in change. In proclaiming it, I speak boldly as I ought to speak. Uh, and so he's asking for prayer, uh, you know, against the enemy. So he says that our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but spiritual powers of darkness. What do we do? Put on the armor of God and fight, right? We have the word of God, which the sword of the spirit, you know, which is the word of God. But then he says, pray and be alert. We need to pray at, uh, at all times in the spirit, in the power of God. Be on the alert uh, and, and persevere. And so when you watch the news, be on the alert and then go to God in prayer. Uh, you know, interceding on behalf of this world, interceding on behalf of this lost world and interceding on behalf of those who are in such desperate need of prayer. And rather than condemning uh, the world, pray for the world and confess the sins of the world. Isn't that what Yeshua has done for us? And Yeshua to this day intercedes on our behalf. Uh, and so let us intercede on behalf of others. And you know, Yeshua did uh, intercede for us in his priestly prayer. It's called Yeshua's priestly prayer in John chapter 17. And I'm only going to read uh, one part of this uh, one part of this prayer, beginning in verse 17. There's a lot of different great things in this prayer, but I'm only going to uh, read a portion of it. So Yeshua is praying to the Father for us. Okay, he says this. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sake, I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. You see, he's saying, uh, uh, what I am, I'm making them to be. Okay, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that's us, that they may all be one, even as you are, uh, Father, 
uh, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Okay, so that they may be in us. And that's exactly what we're talking about, about being seated with him in heavenly places, being in him. Yeshua is praying to the Father for us there. He continues to do that. He continues to make intercession. You know, not only for us personally, but have you ever thought of this? He's praying for us that we might be unified. He's praying for us that we uh, might have a powerful testimony. He's praying for us that we might go into the world and testify about him. He's praying for us about all these things. Uh, and uh, and so may we be encouraged uh, to know that he's praying for us. And may we be encouraged to know about uh, the power of prayer being identified with him because of his ascension, because of being seated at the right hand of the Father. He is a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And we could say we are of the house of the priesthood of Messiah in Melchizedek. Because you know what? In our priesthood, he's the high priest. But in our priesthood, we are also priests forever. Isn't that something? What a high calling, this vocation of priesthood. Uh, I'll just read quickly in First Peter uh, about uh, this great calling that we have in first peter chapter 2 beginning in verse uh uh 4 and coming to him as to living stone as to a living stone which has been rejected by men but is choice and precious in the sight of god you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Messiah Yeshua. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. He who believes in him will not be disappointed. Uh, this precious value, then, is for you who believe. Uh, and I guess I'll just stop there. So the point is, is when you pray, when you go before God, know what's really going on, that you are seated with him. And we pray through the power of Messiah Yeshua via the Holy Spirit. We pray through him. Our prayers are powerful because of that. It's not just us talking to God, but it is this ministry. Uh, remember back in Exodus, uh, we read in uh, Exodus chapter 19, uh, Israel is called to be a holy nation uh, and a kingdom of priests, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Well, as we embrace Yeshua, uh, we fulfill this calling of being a holy nation and a royal priesthood, a royal, you ever think about that? Royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood, a powerful priesthood. And so I pray for all of us, and I hope that when we pray that we really sense power uh, in our prayer life because of this. I just happened to just think of uh, this passage in Philippians. You may uh, know where I'm going in chapter 4, uh, where we read, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in the peace of God, 
which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. Yes, when we go to God and we pray, know whom we're praying to, know the power of our prayers because we know the Lord, because we've embraced Yeshua, our prayer life now becomes powerful. Uh, and so we can intercede on behalf of others. Uh, we can intercede on behalf of ourselves and know that we're praying through Messiah Yeshua, praying to the the uh, a Father in Messiah Yeshua and the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. And I hope that that really uh, enhances our prayer life. And I hope that we see prayer as vital. And I hope that uh, that uh, perhaps if you know, we're concerned about things that we don't talk them to death, but we pray them to death. You know, uh, go before God and pray and you will see peace in your heart. You go before God and you pray and you will see changes take place in your life. Uh, and uh, that is what the Bible teaches us. And so may we really cultivate that kind of powerful uh, a prayer life. He has promised us that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us uh, so that we can really sense uh, the, the heart of God in our prayer. Uh, and so now let's go to the Lord and let's pray. Lord God, thank you, God, for this great word about what it means to pray and what it means to pray powerfully. Lord, I pray you would teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to come before you. Lord, help us to understand what it means to be part of the priesthood of Messiah in the order of Melchizedek. Help us, Lord, uh, God, in this way, and may we see real powerful things take place in our lives, in the lives of our congregation, as we intercede for people here at Beth Messiah, as we intercede for this world. May we see changes in this world. When believers in Messiah, when Messiah followers come and pray together. Lord, thank you for this great ministry, this priesthood of prayer that you have given to us. And we pray in Messiah's name. Amen. <laughs>